Welcome to Recloseted Radio, the top-rated podcast for slow fashion founders. Whether you're thinking about launching a slow fashion brand, scaling an existing sustainable apparel company, or looking to make a brand more environmentally friendly, we have you covered. I'm your host, Selena Ho, and each week I'm sharing my proven strategies or interviewing industry experts. Without any further ado, let's get started. Welcome back to another episode. Today's episode is in honor of Fashion Revolution Week, and I know we're a tad early. It actually runs from April 19th to April 25th, but I thought it would be really great just to kickstart the conversation. And the reality of the situation is this is something we should be talking about all year long, not just this one week of the year. So I'm really excited about today's episode. In this episode, I'm going to do a quick overview on what Fashion Revolution Week is, if you've never heard of it before. I'm also going to deep dive into Fashion Revolution's Transparency Index, and I will link that down in the show notes because I think it's a really interesting report, especially if you're a slow fashion founder, to just really see what things are looking like in the fashion space when it comes to transparency. And then I will also just talk a little bit about thoughts I have from the report and also just how COVID has really impacted the fashion industry over the past year or so. If you've never heard of Fashion Revolution Week before, essentially it is put on by a not-for-profit organization literally called Fashion Revolution, and they are a movement that is calling for more transparency in the fashion industry. This movement was founded after the really deadly Rana Plaza factory collapse back in 2013. And since then, they've really become one of the world's largest fashion activism movements, which is so amazing. And they really push fashion brand owners, industry experts, researchers, and consumers alike to really band together and really solve this issue. They are mainly known for encouraging consumers to stand up to brands and ask them who made their clothes and also rally people to stand up for workers' rights and strive for ethical and fair wages for garment workers. We do a few Fashion Revolution-based podcast episodes every year. And if you didn't listen to our podcast episode last year where I interviewed and brought on my friend Iris, I highly recommend you go back and listen because it was a really good transparent discussion on fashion's journey to transparency and how far we had come last year. And that is episode 35 and I will link it down in the show notes. In today's episode though, I do really want to focus on the Fashion Revolution 2020 Transparency Index. I will again link it down in the show notes because I think that it was a really helpful read for me and I think it'll be really helpful for you as well. What Fashion Revolution did was that they reviewed 250 of the world's largest fashion brands and really looked at how much they disclose about their social and environmental policies. And long story short, it was surprising to me, but H&M actually scored the highest in their transparency index. And I know you may have seen this title and thought I was clickbaiting you or I was just trying to get you to download the podcast episode. And I guess in this case, it is both a clickbait and also true. So I guess it worked out. But it was, I guess, surprising to me that H&M scored the highest. But I know that they as a company have really been trying to clean up their act and they have a really big dedicated sustainability team. 
There is a call out or caveat that I wanted to make though. In this report, just to be clear, they're not measuring brand sustainability metrics or impacts. So they're not looking at like how much carbon they've saved year over year, or they're not looking at how much water they've saved. Instead, it really is around how transparent these brands are with their supply chain, how much they have shared with their consumers on their websites, or how much this information is public knowledge, and then being able to spot some issues in their supply chain and really demonstrate that they are trying to actively fix things. And this is good because it can force brands to get up close and personal with their supply chains and really figure out what's going on. Because if you don't really know what your supply chain looks like and it's a bit murky, if there is a problem, you may not be aware of it and you may not be able to even solve it. So this is great at encouraging brand owners to really take a look at their supply chain and figure out where they can make improvements. But that being said, if you did find out things about your supply chain and you figured out a way to communicate on your website and share that information and be transparent with where you're at, you would get a decent score. And I'll deep dive shortly on all the different categories and how the scores are measured and put together. But you would get a decent score. And so again, this report is mainly around supply chain transparency and identifying issues and starting to really try to improve those issues. But it is not a comprehensive view of how sustainable or the environmental impacts a fashion brand will have. It's really just around the supply chain and really focuses on that. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I think it's great that we have some sort of system measuring supply chain impacts in the fashion industry, but I just wanted to call that out to ensure we're all on the same page. And while it may potentially seem a bit trivial at first, transparency is really important because it allows everyday consumers that are on these brands' websites to start to think about things, start to be aware about how their clothes are being made. And for people that aren't saying anything and being super shady or untransparent, it really challenges all of those other brands to clean up their act and get their stuff together and up on the website or just figure out where things are being made or what's happening with their clothes. So I think that it's a really great first step. But again, I just wanted to caveat and say that they are mainly just measuring transparency in this report. Here are some highlights from the report. And again, you can check out or deep dive into things that you find interesting. I'll have it linked down below. But the entire 250 brands that they reviewed, the average score was 23% out of 100. And while that sounds low, it's actually up by two percentage points since 2019. And it's up three percentage points since 2017. I think it's good that we're definitely seeing some positive change as there has been some movement in previous years, but I often get a bit discouraged about how slow things are moving. But I think the reality of the situation is it takes time for these brands to get all this information, figure out how they want to communicate it, and then figure out how they want to lay it out or put it out in the website or on social. So I get it that this is going to take time, but I guess the the positive light of the situation is the fact that we are seeing improvements, right? Like we have the two percentage points and then the three percentage points. But sometimes I do wish it would go faster. And of course, the caveat is that they've only recorded and measured 250 brands. Granted, they have reviewed 250 of the world's largest brands in the industry. 
But I know firsthand from working with clients and just being in the industry that there are a lot of startup brands and brands just starting out that are being really transparent and genuinely doing amazing things. So that is also promising as well. They also score brands, like I just mentioned, out of 100%. And to get that 100%, there's five different categories that they assess these brands on. The first category is around their policies and their commitments. So really deep dives into what the brand is doing on a social and environmental perspective for both their own employees and workers, as well as people that they employ in their supply chain. The second category they look at is called governance. And this is really just around who is being responsible and held accountable on the executive board or in the company for the social and environmental performance of the brand, who is looking over how things are being implemented, and really how things are being monitored across the supply chain. The third category is around traceability. In this section, they are looking for brands to publish supplier lists at three levels, at the manufacturing level, the processing facilities and mills, as well as the raw materials stage. Also, they look for extra details such as supplier addresses, number of workers, gender breakdown, and all of that information. The fourth category is called Know, Show, and Fix. So this is where they review what brands disclose about their due diligence processes, how they assess their suppliers against their policies, and what are some of the results of these assessments. They also identify here some of the problems that brands find and how they can fix those problems. And then also if workers have any complaints, how they can address those complaints. And then the last category is called spotlight issues. And in that section, they really explore what brands are doing to address forced labor, gender equality, living wages, freedom of association, waste, circularity, overproduction, use of more sustainable materials, microplastics, deforestation, climate change, and water use. And to be clear, they're mainly looking at brands' policies and if they have some sort of transparency around it. Again, they're not necessarily measuring how much water they're saving year over year. It's mainly just around their transparent policies and if they have anything on their website or publicly around what they're doing. If you're curious about how the largest 250 brands in the world did, you can definitely download the report and find that information. I'm not going to bore you right now and read out all 250 brands and their scores, but I did want to talk a little bit about my thoughts on the report. Like I mentioned at the beginning, I think that transparency, especially in the supply chain, is really, really important because, again, it allows consumers to be aware of all the different aspects that go into their garments and also allows consumers to really think about why certain brands are transparent and why certain brands aren't. And that will also challenge the industry as a whole and forces a lot of other brands to get their acts together and to really take a hard look at what's going on in their fashion supply chain and where they can potentially clean up their act. The one thing, though, is that you can't just necessarily put your suppliers and slap your potential sustainability thoughts on your website you need to also put it into action. And so it's one thing to be transparent and publicly state where you're at. And I think that's a great first step. But the second step is much needed where you actually take action to improve things and actually make a change every single year. 
And so I think it's great that the fashion transparency index that Fashion Revolution put on, they do have categories around year-over-year improvement as well as spotlight issues. When we work with brands that want to become more sustainable and they employ us for our sustainability consulting, I often find that a lot of them will feel very overwhelmed when they first work with us because they have been told about all these different awful things in the fashion industry and there's a million and one problems and they come to us and they're like, I feel so stressed and overwhelmed. I don't know where to start. And realistically, one brand is not going to be able to change the entire industry and one brand is not going to be able to solve all the problems in the industry because there's so many. What we do with our clients is we initially develop a sustainability plan that is realistic but also ambitious at the same time and we really get clear on what their sustainability priorities are so that we can make decisions based on those priorities. When a founder or a brand owner doesn't know what their values are and doesn't know what their brands stand for, it can be really difficult to make certain decisions. And I've seen a lot of people be in decision paralysis because they don't have a certain set of criteria or a unemotional view as to what they should be doing because they don't have a plan. So it's really important to put together a plan. And I think the first step in being able to create that plan is to take a hard look at where you're at and then be able to put together some sort of action plan and then communicate it. And this is why this whole process around transparency is so important because it really forces brands to take a hard look at what's going on under the hood, think about what they can do, and then think thoughtfully about how they want to engage their community on their journey towards sustainability. The other thing that kind of irks me sometimes too is that we have a lot more brands now coming to the table that are really gung-ho and excited about sustainability, which is amazing, but then they'll put out a five-year or a 10-year sustainability plan that is way too ambitious and realistically every single thing on that plan can't get done. And so when it rolls around to be five years later or 10 years later, they don't really talk about the fact that they haven't achieved things. They just extend out the timeline and drag it out by another five years or another 10 years. And so I think that doesn't really hold brands accountable to what they're doing if they just continue to push things back. And what I'm saying is not to be underly ambitious, but to actually be realistic around what you can achieve in a certain time frame. And so when you're putting together your roadmap or your plan, you definitely want to know what you can achieve because you also don't want to burn out your team. You don't want to decrease morale. And you also don't want to feel like you have really lied to your customers in a way because you may not be able to accomplish something that you have said that you want to. All of this being said, I think that the increase in transparency and the demand towards increased transparency is really promising when it comes to fashion sustainability, but that's just the first step. We need to really make sure that we're taking action and we're building a realistic plan that brands and founders can get excited about and really not feel super overwhelmed and be faced with decision paralysis. And COVID-19 definitely impacted the fashion industry as well. In last year's Fashion Revolution episode that I talked about at the beginning of the episode, 
Iris and I were talking about the fact that there was a widespread breach of contracts and a lot of big brands would cancel orders or dump orders as a result of COVID-19 and consumers not really buying clothes anymore and brands just really struggling financially. And because of that widespread breach of contracts, it really has eroded the trust between brands and retailers and brands and different companies in the supply chain. And in the Fashion Transparency Report, there's an author called Ben, and he really argues that transparency will be the first step to rebuild this trust. And he really argues that transparency post-pandemic will be a really big strategy on how you can really bring people together again and start to trust each other again. Because in this transparency journey, like I talked about, brands will need to first understand what's going on in their supply chain and That will look like where their raw materials come from, where their cotton's being woven, and where their mills are. And all those things will need to go through exploration and careful consideration. And in that process, brands can really catch anything and any areas that they may have slipped up on before that they may not be aware of and start to improve things. And in the report, I think Ben makes a really good point about hopefully this is going to become the norm And transparency in the fashion industry no longer is a debate about why brands need to do it, but it becomes table stakes and brands that don't share the supply chain or don't share their processes will be the odd ones out and it'll be fishy around why they aren't sharing things and people will be wondering what they have to hide. I think that that's a great point because traditionally in the fashion industry, people were really secretive about where they were getting their fabrics and who was producing their clothes because it was a trade secret and it was definitely a differentiating point. But I think we're in the day and age where people can find things out online. People are really resourceful. And instead of being secretive around where you're getting your clothes produced or where you're getting your fabric, instead, you should be differentiating your products based on problems that you're solving for your ideal customer. And then by being more transparent, it will really just allow us to see where there's room for improvement. And if we don't know the problems that we're being faced with, how can we fix them? Right. So it's really important in our mission to write the harmful fashion industry to be aware of what's going on. With all of that being said, you might be wondering what you can do as a slow fashion founder. And in the report, they outlined a few things that you can do in the next 12 years. But first of all, if you haven't already, just really take a look at your supply chain and think about where areas are where you're a little bit gray or you're not really certain what's going on and try to get more information on what's going on under the hood so that you can figure out if there's any problems you may need to troubleshoot or any rooms for improvement that you may have. The next thing you'll want to do is start to put together some sort of public-facing plan, and this will probably take you a few months to develop, and that's okay, but really make sure you capture what your sustainability priorities and values are, and then also what your brand stands for, and then if you have any rooms of improvement, put together a plan around your timelines and what you intend to do, but remember to be realistic about this as well. And so put as much information as you can on your website and publicly to educate consumers and really show what you're doing to walk the walk. And from a consumer perspective, really just continue to ask brands who made my clothes 
because it is really important to continue to pressure brands and really demand transparency and demand change, especially from big brands, because when we can get big brands to change, the impact is so massive. And last but not least, if you can, I think Fashion Revolution is doing some amazing work. And so if you are able to, feel free to donate to them. They are a not-for-profit and you can donate on their website. I am not affiliated or sponsored by them. I am a genuine fan and I think they're doing some amazing work. I have personally donated and I think that we really need to support organizations like this that are keeping brands accountable, putting data towards things, and measuring impacts year over year for the industry. Happy Fashion Revolution Week again, and if you haven't already, make sure you really post about this week on your brand's Instagram. Fashion Revolution has a lot of great graphics and templates and really use this as a vehicle and an opportunity to raise awareness amongst your consumers. And that was today's episode. If you enjoyed it and you took a lot out of it, it would be greatly appreciated if you could take a screenshot, share it to your Instagram stories and tag us at Recloseted. Additionally, if you haven't already, make sure you subscribe because new episodes will be automatically downloaded and it also helps us as well to continue to provide this podcast for free to you and continue to share all of these valuable resources. If you haven't already, also make sure you rate Recloseted 5 stars if you think we deserve it and write a positive review. That really helps us as well. And we will see you again next week. And in the meantime, together, let's write the harmful fashion industry.